0: What's going on, everybody? I'm Jeff St. Pierre, and this is episode 91 of the Adult Education Podcast. This week, I'm hanging out with author Hernan Diaz. Thanks for checking out the show today. I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to listen to the Adult Education Podcast. This is a fun project that I do out of the love of conversation and learning. If you want to support me or the show, the best way to do that is to leave a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on. I know most of you listen via Spotify. Those five stars there on Spotify are huge. If you're using a platform that allows a review, please share a few words. That also really helps the podcast algorithm uh, know which shows to introduce to new listeners. There's a phrase that gets thrown around a lot now that goes like, tell your truth. Now, I believe the origin of this phrase was to empower people to feel comfortable sharing their story. But I've been thinking about it. Yeah, I can tell my truth, but is my truth the actual truth? To the same point, there's a phrase that goes to the victor go the spoils, essentially saying the winner gets to enjoy the prize of winning, and they also get to tell the story. No one listens to the loser, after all. So oftentimes, our history books were written by the winners, or the wealthy, or you could even say the advantaged, leaving the disadvantaged having their voices silenced. Pulitzer Prize finalist Hernan Diaz tackles such subjects in his new novel, Trust. Now, this book is really four books in one. There's a novel, an unfinished manuscript, a memoir, and a diary, all written by different people but all about the same family. It gives us a good look at how reality can be twisted based on who has control of the narrative. It's a fantastic read, really gets your mind spinning. I loved it, and I would definitely recommend this to everybody. Enjoy my conversation with Hernan Diaz. Hi. Oh, hello there. I love the look of panic instantly whenever somebody logs onto the Zoom, because I'm here waiting, so I'm ready. But then whoever comes <laughs> on is always like, okay, are all the buttons pressed? Do I have my microphone? <laughs> yeah. It's so,
1: you know what? It's not even exhausting anymore. It's just so boring, this whole Zoom thing. I mean, I'm,
0: <laughs> I'm blissful to be on with you, but like... No, I, I get holy... what you're saying. I get what you're yeah. saying. And, you know, I, I will say, from my perspective, these interviews prior to the pandemic were always over the phone. So for me being able to shift to do Zoom with folks because I think a lot of oh, that's just- a lot of guests were more welcome to doing Zooms it made it a lot easier for me because I like to see who I'm talking to. So, and no, I think no, that's, that's
1: a step up for you. Yeah, yeah audio sure. quality
0: too. I think is better via Zoom than via the phone too. So this is a win-win for yeah. me. But I can totally understand where the exhaustion comes from. On that.
1: what is what is the punk book you have behind behind you? Let's see which one are we looking at here. Black. The other way. <laughs> this one. The other way. Yeah. This there. one. Uh,
0: what is that? yes. It's kind of like a. Um, I don't know if you can see that. It's kind of like an encyclopedia punk the whole story. It's got a little bit of everything from the early days. Oh, that looks good. It's done by Mojo Records, so they've got a quite a history. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, that's cool. And you are officially uh, the first I, yeah. person to comment on anything behind me. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you on Seth Meyers, which is kind of exciting. I don't feel like I see fiction authors on Seth Meyers very often, so I was like, "Wow, look it at was, that!"
1: I was utterly terrified.
0: <laughs> well, you handled it great. <laughs>
1: Oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I love the side
0: note into the pen conversation. That was fantastic to yeah. me. You still have it. Of course you do. I knew you were going to yeah. have it right there with you. <laughs>
1: it's, it's totally true. Like it's there all the time. Yeah.
0: How does, how does that come about for you? I mean, I'm sure they go through publicists, but again, you don't, you don't often see fiction writers. I mean, your J.K. Rowling's, your Stephen King's, they pop up on shows once in a while, but your general <laughs> fiction author doesn't usually end up on a late night. So how does that come about for you?
1: I think, I think Seth Meyers is unique in that regard because he has, I think, 10 or 12 a year, so it's still like a very limited uh, sliver that to, to get into, so always very lucky, but he's very serious about literature, he's a very serious reader, and he's involved, maybe uh, you know this, but with Pen America, you know, which is this... Uh, in, uh institution that you know protecting free speech around uh, in america and around the world and you know he hosts their ceremonies he's he's very tied to the uh to the literary community in a, in a very productive helpful way you know so kudos to him he's amazing
0: everything that i saw <laughs> about this book and about you it always leads in with by pulitzer prize finalist does that give yeah. does do you feel pressure for that because now that's attached to your name all the time
1: I the, the cool answer would be no I don't care I do my own thing you know like the people in the in the punk rock book you have behind you uh but the truth is that it yes I mean it's something that that I that I wrestle with because I I don't want for it to get in in the way you know but it, but it is it is uh part of the information you know that 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 is out there about me and, and, and has altered a little bit the way in which I see myself. But I can tell you that the year after I, I was a finalist, I was also um, a judge for the Pulitzer Prize. Uh, so having, having been a part of the jury, I also see a little bit how the, how the, how the process works. And it was uh, sobering, too.
0: So, you know,
1: yeah, I, I try to stay focused on, on the writing itself, really, as much as I can
0: speaking of writing I'm in no way questioning your artistic method and the way that you do things, but it's been five years since your last novel. Is there a particular reason why five years it seems like a long gap for you know from novel one to novel two uh
1: it's it's not uh, uh, because uh i mean it's not a long gap I can see how it's perceived like that but if you think that trust was actually sold in december twenty twenty mm you know it was finished it had been shopped around you know in uh, around that time and then there is the whole editorial process and then the scheduling from the publishing house that has to do with a myriad of things that don't pertain to the book or me or anything it's just their schedule uh so it was pushed like it's been it's been there for you know a year and a half so it's and even if it had been five years i think that's that's a totally legitimate time i think uh to To write a novel. These these things take a, a lot of time if you take them seriously. Uh, the amount of reading that goes into them, the amount of thought, and and just living and inhabiting the world that you're trying to write about is not something that happens overnight. And I think you can feel when a novel is rushed. I, I don't hope it's the case here, but <laughs> um, anyway. And also, just to wrap up the, the answer, I think there isn't a standard time frames for producing a novel like some people will write a novel every 18 months and they're astounding uh, works and some people will write novels every 10 years and they're astounding works and you know there is no recipe it's just whatever works for you and whatever time you need it should it should be dictated by the work and not by external determinations
0: and this book in particular is kind of like four books in one. I mean, you've got uh, the yeah. novel, the memoir, the diary, the manuscript. They're all in there. So, in a sense, you kind of wrote four books to make this one all one thing together.
1: I I, I did, and th- and that was that was a that was a big challenge uh, stylistically, and um, I even composed very. Um, I'm a grammar nerd. I like. I have a collection. Also, kind of behind me, you can you can see it. I I have a big collection of of, of style manuals and grammar books and uh, and so on, dictionaries and so on and so forth. So I created style guides. Uh, four different style guides for each book, and I wanted uh, each book to sound entirely different from 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 the other. Um, and uh, and it's very important to to the whole development of the novel as a whole because when we when we think of plot reveals, and I'm, I like those. You know, there's there's a whole trend of writers who are more or less against plot. I like a story and and uh, with with uh, with surprises. But when we think of these surprises, we think of them in terms of you know narrative turns, uh, plot twists. Uh, so many of the revelations in this novel have to do with voice. Uh, with who is speaking, who we think is in fact speaking, uh, who has a voice, who doesn't have a voice, and this is part of why uh, the re- the, uh, the the book is told in four different sections with extremely different narrators.
0: It's fascinating to me, A, because I've never seen anything like this done before. So I, my, my sure. hat is off to you for creativity. I think it's a brilliant idea, and I've really enjoyed oh, what I've you. gotten through so far. I have not been able to finish the book yet. I'm just a painfully slow reader. Uh, oh, but, me too. <laughs> what's also interesting, too, is how timely it is, because I feel like in our everyday life in society right now, we are getting opinions. We are getting personal thoughts from the people that sort of control the message. And it's been a very difficult thing for a lot of people to to see through and to see that, okay, this is their opinion. Now I have to go and find out the factual information. And your book kind of touches on that because you have this novel story. Then you have this person writing their own memoir through their eyes. Then you have the opinions of other people writing what they saw. So it is interesting how much even this, even though this is based in the 1920s and 30s, essentially, it's so current in the way that we see media today. Well,
1: I'm, I'm so glad it, 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 resonated in this particular way with you, because that that was exactly the intention of the novel. It was to uh, uh, try to question the sort of the contracts we enter into each time we encounter a text. Uh, And we are preconditioned to think that some texts are closer to the truth than others, right? And this is this is a tacit kind of agreement or terms and conditions that we kind of quickly scroll through and uh, and and sign on uh, uh, each time we we read a text. So I wanted to defamiliarize uh, these uh, uh, these assumptions with which we enter into a text, and I think uh, this is particularly clear with with history. Like we we have been taught in you know school and so on and so forth. You know that uh, you know uh, that certain uh, 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 facts are a matter of historical record and and therefore closer to to the truth. But uh, in fact, what 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 we see, what historians teaches, uh, you know, all the time, is that so many of those stories that we thought were historical facts are indeed ideological fabrications, you know, for political gain and for the perpetuation of a certain power structure. Let's say. Um, and uh, as you say, I, I was hoping, I, I didn't set out to write sort of a, a current events-y book of any kind, but it just happened that as as I was writing the, the novel, which is basically about this, this this extremely wealthy man who tries to bend and align reality uh, according to his wishes and according to his vision of, of the world, and he has the means to do so, and as I was writing about this character, and as I was writing about the power that capital has to reshape reality around it, that was happening in the news, uh, uh, in the political arena, in uh, in the media, uh, with technology, and with the great fortunes and the great sort of corruption around those worlds as well. So yeah,
0: even on a lesser note than say politics, or you know, from the I don't know teaching us what history we need to believe in. I had a conversation with a friend recently just about Britney Spears because she's talking about writing a memoir and I thought I would be fascinated to read what she thinks about her life but I promise you most of it will not be factual because it's going to be the way that she saw her life, but it won't necessarily be what the real thing. So the memoir idea is always interesting to me because you could read a fantastic memoir and be like, well, 90% of that didn't happen, but I love to see where their head was. at. Yeah. I think, I
1: think, I mean, you're hitting on something very interesting that maybe is part of sort of the, the whole social media culture that we live in. And it's the idea that, Uh, we are the ones who know the most about ourselves, which I don't think is necessarily true. Uh, We are great, human beings are great at hiding things from themselves that, that become utterly and and, and just irretrievably invisible to our own eyes. Um, But there is sort of this inflation of the ego right now, which is to say that, you know, if it's my first-hand account of whatever it is and whoever you are, from Britney Spears to a blogger, it doesn't really matter. The fact that it comes directly from you means that it's closer to the truth about you. And I don't think this is necessarily the case. I think truth is... Uh, prismatic. It's almost like a cubist painting. It's something that is seen from many different points of view simultaneously. And it takes more than one voice to get to the truth. And this is maybe why the book has more than one voice.
0: Well, the book, again, from what I've gotten through so far is fascinating. It's gripping. The book is called Trust. Hernan Diaz, thank you so much for your time. I know I'm running out of time here with you. Is there a place people can go to find out more about you or follow you, say, on social media?
1: I am, for all the reasons that I just mentioned, I am not on social media. Smart man. <laughs> smart. I just gave up Twitter and it's
0: like the best thing I ever did.
1: <laughs> all good for you. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, I mean, if, if it's fun for you or productive, uh, go ahead. I know it would be, you know, it would consume me if I went down that rabbit hole. So I decided not to do it. Uh, there's just a website, my my name, uh, The you know, events and stuff are, are on there. And, um but uh, hopefully you will, uh, people will read the book rather than read the, the boring facts about my life.
0: All right, well, Ernan, thank you so much. Good luck with the rest of your tour.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Have a good day, and thanks for having
0: me on. Oh, my pleasure. Take care. Thank you to Ernan Diaz for his time. His new novel, Trust, is fantastic, and it's available wherever you buy your books. And thank you to all of you for listening to Adult Education. I appreciate you sharing some of your day with me. Until next time, be well.